Hello and welcome to Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And uh, this is going to be a two-part podcast uh, because we've both seen Downton Abbey separately. <laughs> Jose's got a lot to say. Uh, so part one is largely Jose because uh, he saw it first and we recorded it before I saw it. Yes. Part two is me. And this is a, a sort of a special occasion because um, people have been clamouring to hear us talk about Downton Abbey. Yes. God only knows why. I, and when it, when it came up, I was like, I'm not seeing that. And then Jose said, no, we must see it. You'll hate it. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm not a performing monkey. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I agreed to see it anyway. And actually, I was going to watch the TV series in preparation. I thought I might as well. When I thought it was three series long. And it turns out it's six series long with Christmas specials. I'm, just, I'm not doing that. Mm. So I'm going to go into the movie without any of that background. You, uh, do you Did you watch the... the t- I think I watched the first two seasons. And I think I quite liked the first season. I got I got why people enjoyed it so. Right. Right. Um, but you didn't keep up with it. No, it kind of... Uh, it began to be boring and repetitive. Um... It's a huge hit in the United States. It's the way that Americans like to think of uh, Brits as. The Crown as well. Netflix has a similar sort of Yeah, The thing. Crown is much better. Yeah, uh, but they love it too. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love any, anything to do with royals or the aristocracy. or, And I can understand the appeal of that because, you know, I also love big houses and, you know, beautiful furniture and jewels and, you know, kind of, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, but what happened here is you've seen it. Yes. On Friday, because I said I was going to see it with a friend who was who likes Downton Abbey, and I was like, I'll go with her, then that'd be nice. Um, for whatever reason, didn't happen. So you've already seen it, and I'm yet to. Yes. So what I want to do, while you're still angry... Well, it's too bad that you didn't talk to me yesterday, because I was really seething yesterday. I want it's... to get your thoughts, because I don't care if it's spoiled or not. Yeah. And then, you know, because you've got a real cob on. You've mentioned it more than a few times today already. It made me really angry, Yeah. really. Well, go on then. Um... Spoilers, I'm assuming. Will come yeah, up. yeah, no, there'll be lots of spoilers. But the the thing that made me angry was um, the film has a particular tone, right, and a particular way of speaking, right, mm-hmm. that is very condescending to its audience, for one thing, right. And this is both from the upper class and the lower, you know, uh, the downstairs people as well. Yeah, there is like kind of this banal tone of voice that you know, really kind of uh, uh, trivializes everything, right? It's, it's, a, it's a question of tone, mm. right? And both, I think, are speaking down to the audience, right? So it's not just the upper class people, though everything about it I really despise. I mean, I was suffering in the audience, really, because, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's so, um, so patronizing of working people. You know, so everybody below stairs, it's like, you know, they're all plucky, you know, and they're all doing their best for the family, right? And they all accept their hierarchies and they know their place and they're delighted to be there, right? Actually, I think in a way, you know, we are living through this enormous division in this country, really, at the moment. And one of the things that the film does is it um, erases all those differences. It kind of... You know, in a way, it's an ideological project that brings the upstairs and the downstairs together in one happy, beaming, you know, kind of thing where everybody absolutely knows and accepts their place. And you're listening to things 
like Lady whatever her fucking name is, you know, saying, <laughs> oh, you know, we're going through such difficulties. How will we pay for the roof to be fixed? Right. And that's given, you know, as the problems of an aristocrat who owns a 250 room house right like you know the problems that the downstairs people might have and keeping a roof over their relatives heads or whatever is never stated you know it's it's just it's that kind of thing so it's 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 a tone of voice and an outlook you know um because julian fellows became famous writing the robert altman film gossip park yeah and that was like so interesting and variegated and complex Right. And, you know, it gave all of the downstairs people like, you know, backstories and, and things about being abused, you know, by the Lord, you know, and two sisters who, yeah, mm. kind of, you know, haven't spoken because of things that happened downstairs. And, you know, the American intruder on this way of life and how they patronize him. And, you know, of course, Maggie Smith is also in that and also brilliant. But that's just like a very... In, you know, a fascinating, rich kind of, you know, um, uh, story and a rich telling of it. This is really of the utmost banality. Is this true of just the Downton Abbey film or is it true of the TV show too? Well, the thing is that on TV it didn't bother me that much because, so for example, one of the things that really bothered me was how visually poor this film is, right? So it's a much bigger budget than the television show, yet... You know, you can't really see it anywhere, right? So, kind of, the film looks like it was shot with a digital camera. It's very clear. Everything is, like, mm. you know, clear. It's very unflattering and uncaring of um, actresses of a certain age. Like, Elizabeth McGovern is shot horribly. I mean, I would sue, you know, <laughs> this filmmaker. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's just unkind, uncaring and unkind. You can do better than that, right? She, you know, she's a beautiful woman. I saw her on stage and she's she's terribly shot. Um, so, and, and also, it's not just that it has that thin digital look to the whole thing, right? But also that, you know, the images don't mean anything, right? It's It's not a cinematic movie, really. And then the things that I normally like about these films, you know, uh, I mean, the rooms are quite sumptuous. But for example, all the jewelry looked cheap, right? Like none of it sparkled, none of it was lit to sparkle. You know, it all looked like kind of dirty rhinestones instead of, you know, fancy diamond tiaras, right? So um, there's a gay uh, bit, you know, where kind of the butler gets raided. He discovers there's a secret gay bar and there's like a little love affair there. You know, and then it gets raided. But of course, you know, he's rescued from the raid by virtue of who he knows. So it's a film that completely supports all the worst aspects of the British class structure and revels in them. And it's really, really painful to watch. The director you mentioned is Michael Engler, uh, who has done a lot of television, including some episodes of uh, Downton Abbey. Um, this, from what I can tell, he's got a very long the sort of filmography, yeah. TVography. Uh, he's done two films, from what I can tell, which are recent. So there's this, and just before this, The Chaperone, which I don't think I've heard of, but it's uh, written by, um, screenplay by Julian Fellows, based on a novel by Laura Moriarty. Have you okay. seen it? Do you know no, it? No, I don't know anything about it. It's, it, like, it has this sound and look that is pretty similar. Look at it. Look at the poster. Uh, the poster is identical, yes. Um, so, you know, so, but, but 
point is to say that he, clearly he is a television director. It seems to be kind of first and foremost. Television and theatre is, is... The film, the entire film looks like a television... Like episode. A major, yeah, like an episode of television blown up. And actually the blowing it up makes the thinness of the visuals all the more apparent. But what I really disliked was the tone of voice, the way the characters spoke in the sing-song kind of upper-class way, mm. right? You know, which is just, like, absolutely patronizing. Uh, it, it, it's really... Like, I was in pain watching it. And I must say, you know, unlike in America, where it's, it's you know, I think it grossed even more than The Hustler. or the Hustlers? Hustlers? Yeah, on its opening... The Jailer film. Yeah, the Jailer film. Uh, here... Wow, at, it's made $100 million... <laughs> Downton Abbey. Not on its opening weekend, but that's such a, a yeah. gross so far. See, it's a block. It's been a block. It's been a blockbuster hit in the US. I mean, I knew I knew it would be big, but that yeah. is huge. Well, here at the at the screening that I went to, like about four or five middle middle aged people walked out. So I think actually the whole class thing is playing differently here. Mm. You know, though I also have a lot of friends who have no problems with it. You know, so maybe of, some of that hundred seven million dollars is people buying tickets then leaving. But they keep the money. I would hope so, but I'm not <laughs> sure. And I'm not sure that that's happening in America, but it's definitely happening here. Anyway, I think it's kind of... It's a massive ideological con, the film. I'm surprised people would, up, would put up with it. I'm surprised that there hasn't been more of a critical denunciation of this film. You know, I think, I think the film is... Um, uh, what's the word... It's damaging. It's, it's not an innocent little thing. It really is kind of an ideological project that maintains, you know, particular ways of thinking and, and particular structures of feeling that are all that's wrong with Britain at this moment. And I hated it. Let me just quickly say, I've just quickly looked it up, opening weekend of $31 million, yeah. which is vast, really. Yes. And, and higher than its... Uh, uh, I think its budget was $30 million. Yeah, see, yeah it's basically... No, but budget thirteen to twenty million. So, so there you go. And that seemed to be roughly what it's. Uh, yeah. It's it's projected growth from the weekend opening weekend was sixteen to twenty five million. It says here. Mm. So it made thirty one. Yeah, it exceeded and, expectations, and it's really vile. Uh, what other films that you would compare it to? Um, no, I'm not. I don't have anything else in mind because, as I said, for example, you know, people. Uh, despise British heritage cinema. I always loved it. I loved Room with a View and Morris and uh, um, what's the other, Ian Foster, Howard's End. You know, I loved all of those films. You know, but those films were like, you know, much more visually literate and rich and complex than this. This is really cheesy, Hmm. patronizing, condescending, really hateful. Is it uh, revisionist? In what sense? I don't know. I just thought that might make it, that might spur you to shout some more. No, I don't think it's. I mean, all right. Um, I'm just trying to think of words that will get you active. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think, I think there's. I mean, there are th- there are lots of things to think about. So obviously, mine is a completely knee jerk reaction at the moment. Um, you know, but I think there's a difference between like I am fascinated by stately homes and furniture and clothes and jewels, right? I mean, I think, you know, those are all kind of legitimate crafts or art forms, and I appreciate kind of going and seeing the, be- the best of it, right? Um, but I think this film, 
Yeah, and, and, and a lot of those things are what, like, a, a certain type of British heritage cinema, certainly of the 80s, put on display. That's a part of the reason, a large part of the reason why people want to see films like that. And I think part of the appeal of the television series also has to do with that, right? Um, but, but I think what this film does is it's, it's, it's kind of, it creates a cozy picture of, you know, people uh, who, um, who know their place and are happy to be there and are happy to collude. So when they talk about the family, they always mean the upstairs family. There's no downstairs family, right? Like, yeah. you know, so everything is in support of the family, which means everything is in support of the upper classes. And I just think it's really hateful, you know. It's a story about how the working classes come together to support. Yes, and there's a nostalgia, the film is a nostalgia for that. That's somehow the proper order of things mm. is, is, is that. Know your you know? place. Uh, yeah, know your place, you know, and be happy that you've got one here, right? Mm. And kind of, uh, I, I mean, I just find it despicable. Well, um, how the tables have turned, you are now my performing monkey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, Jose's done the first bit, and uh, I will see it tomorrow. I think, yes. and um, and then I might. All I'm, what I might do is just come and go. I agree with Jose, and that's it. <laughs> but no, no, I will quiz you. But we're, we're putting, so we're putting out, we're, we're putting out in one. Actually, what I regretted, uh, in a way, what I regret is that how we talked yesterday. I would have been able to offer you much more concrete examples of dialogue, sure. you know, because I had this whole thing in my head of just doing imitation British accents of, you know, some of the dialogue, right? It's just so obscene, right? <laughs> but of course, I've now forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so kind of... You could of, always come and see it with me and recharge. No, right? thank you. So, so I remember my feeling about it, but I no longer remember the particular incidents that incited that. Okay, feeling. I'll try and remember lots and lots of things yes. for you. And read you, them back. You will be quizzed. Um, huh? So, end of part one. Yes, thus, we, will, we will continue. We will <laughs> return soon. Okay. Part two. Welcome back. I have now seen it. Yeah, so what did you I think? I saw it today. Um, I I don't share your sense of anger, but... Oh. Well, here's you, the thing. How could no, you no, not? Here's, here's the thing. I saw it with an audience. I saw. I shared a picture on social media and stuff. An audience that was fairly full of uh, you know pensioners. Yes, eighty-year-olds um, all seeing it at midday with mm. me. I was very much the odd one out. Yes. Also, big, big um, drink, big popcorn. You know, and I just, I just sat at the back in the corner, just keeping myself to myself, out of everyone's way. I didn't want to disturb anybody. You know. Because um, I thought, I'm not here to ruin anyone's good time by having a bad sure. time. But I didn't have an awful time. I was just very, 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 very bored. And the thing is, everything that you said in your impassioned rant, uh. I agree with. But I don't share your sense of outrage because I completely expected it. And I expected it in part because you had already said it. But, it, but also because this is ITV. It's just crap. The thing that most offended me about the film was not its civility... You know, which is absolutely like that. I think is it has this thing about wanting to do your job properly, and taking pride in your job. And I agree with that. But what I don't agree with is the sense of servility that there are people above us that we must please, and we know yes. all of that which you pointed out. I I do find deeply revolting, um, and I'm sure that would be true of the TV show if I ever watched it. But what really 
bothered me and offended me is that this isn't a film. It's an episode of a TV program. Well, that too. I mean, you know, so for me it was all kind of part of the package. I hated the look of it. So people are saying, okay, we know it's crap, you know, but I'm going there for like the costumes and, you know, the the rooms and the jewellery and... And actually, you think, well, that's all crap in this film. Like, you know, that is, those are things that I agree are pleasures uh, in cinema. But but I hated them here. And I hated them because, so first of all, I'm really into jewelry, right? Like, you know, I kind of, I love the history, the designs, everything. Kind of, you know, part of the thing about jewelry is that it sparkles. It's meant to sparkle. It's meant to kind of bring light along with you as, you know, these women move in the room with these tiaras. The way that this film was lit... Either the jewellery was like cheap as chips or it was badly lit. It didn't kind of draw attention, sparkle, nothing. You know, it was like... No, it's cheap, kind of largely pretty flat TV lighting. Then you get into some dark rays where they put some contrast in. But again, it's still it's still nothing special. Um, you look at the way it's composed and filmed. It's, it's like, it, it looks like a film that has been filmed quickly yeah so you know everything's been set up expensively like these are expensive sets and costumes and dressing all of that it's put a lot yeah. of work into that but then it's like it's been filmed very quickly upstairs you get these shots that are on tripods and dollies which are kind of steady and they're not brilliantly composed but at least they're kind of vaguely thought out once you get downstairs to kind of increase the sense of i suppose um, activity and things like it's that thing that there's thing that they say in the film about how uh, when you look at goose Above water, it's completely serene, and below water, it's kicking about all mm. over the place, which is how they talk about the royal visit. Mm. And and so the the camera work kind of reflects that when you get downstairs, not, not shaky cam exactly, but handheld moves around. But all these shots are basically kind of medium length, sort of uh, close ups or, or medium close ups, blurry background. They cut from one to the other, from one to the other, and then you get a bit of a wide angle shot that gives you just a sense of space. There's nothing nicely composed or interestingly composed. There are beautiful things to look at, like kind of some of the scenery, the establishing shots of Downton Abbey are quite beautiful, and some sunsets, things like that. But it's not the camera work or the lighting or anything like that that makes them so. And there's nothing expressive to any of it. It's really bad. Uh, it's almost like offensively bad. And I want to take you to task, actually, because you know, yesterday we saw Apocalypse Now and you said, oh, it's good. And I'm thinking, it's fucking great. You think, oh, it's good. Right? I, didn't, I didn't say that about the cinematography. I was bowled over by that. Maybe I didn't make that clear enough. I mean, I was stunned by the visual aspect. Anyway, the point I want to make is that you see that film and like there's, there's so many things going on in the frame and so many layers, you know, and the lighting is expressive of things and symbolic of things. This is flat. Yeah. You know, you look... And basically, you're just waiting for the person to say dialogue. That's why the camera is there. It's kind of it's expressing nothing else. And then the dialogue. Well, this is how it's televisual as well. That point <laughs> you just made. This is what I was because I, I was thinking this is TV. But what makes it TV? It's not just that it's badly filmed. Because I've seen lots of badly filmed films that are still <clears throat> films. <clears throat> why is this television? And the reason it's television is because everything is expressed through dialogue. So apart from a couple of like montages where it's you know setting up for dinner, all that sort of stuff, or the royals arriving, or the whole opening mon- uh, opening uh, montage with the letter being sent that announces the royals are going to come and stay, you know, you, like you can't, you have to actually look at that to understand what's happening. But you know, I mean, you you even get that on TV. Everything else is, it's all expressed through dialogue, and as you say, the dialogue is dire. Awful. But it's but it's um it's like it's like a radio play almost like you could close your eyes and understand ninety five percent of the film mm. and and it's all like I, I mean 
it's like footsteps up a gravel path A, footsteps up a gravel path B, the clink of someone making a cup of tea. Even the sound design is boring. <laughs> it's <just> radio. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I don't know the show. So, you know, but, but I picked kind of vague things up pretty quickly, although there is this vast cast of characters and a lot of them all look the same as well. So that didn't really help. But I wasn't particularly confused about what was going on. The various plot strands are pretty easy to grasp. Um, but, but again, it's goes, it ties into the episodic nature of it. You know, it's, it, it, this makes sense as, for instance, a Christmas special. Mm. You know, like it would make sense being shown at Christmas. Okay, it's not set at Christmas, but it would make sense being just the latest sort of special in the series. It's I, just, it happens to have made its way into the cinema. I find it offensive. And actually, I think, you know, part of what I am um, struggling with is why people like you don't find it equally offensive. Because, you know, I mean, basically, I think part, everything that's wrong with the British class system is um, uh, uh, evident or made visible, not only by this film, but by people's appreciation of it. Mm. Right, that kind of nobody sees any problem with it, and yet it's kind of it's so disparaging to to working people, and it's like kind of um, and by disparaging I mean that you know the idea that people getting shitty salaries in terrible working conditions with no day off, um, you know, facing sexual harassment, you know, from the people above and so on, which was like a truly common story of the period. If you read about you know, the lives of maids and, you know, mm. kind of people who worked in these houses. And then you see what's being depicted here. I find it deeply offensive. Uh, I, th- I mean, I think the reason that I... what My response is that I roll my eyes because I see it coming. Like, I know I know what the audience is expecting. I understand their response. And, and you know, I mean, I, I'd say I was very snobby in the... Not very snobby, like it, but I just sort of... Every time the audience laughed at whatever Maggie Smith did, because they're all set up for these little yes. bars or whatever. Every time something happened, I just went, "Yeah, you're getting what you want." Yes. You know, I even laughed at a couple of them, and some of them. Well, laughed. they were good. I mean, she's great. But you know, just uh. every little bit that they kind of they they recognised or they liked, I kind of I went, "Yeah, I get it. I I get what who this is for and why." I they had want people it. walk out at my screening though. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. What, how, what, what was the, was the composition of your screening anything like mine? Was it mainly... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I went, there were, there were younger people because I went later. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of these noon screenings are mainly for, you know, people who are retired. Um, so, but I, I went later and so the audience was maybe a little bit younger, not much younger, mm. you know, but uh, a little bit younger. And the people who did walk out were younger, mm. but they did walk out. Yeah, not sure. Um, you, you asked you, you uh, would, had been trying to think of examples when we first talked of, of things happening in the film and you couldn't quite remember and having seen it more recently I can maybe think of one or two moments that um, you would likely have responded to it quite badly because I thought oh god this is a load of deferential old mm. claptrap you know, I mean it's this whole thing of of the the king is coming yeah. and we must and and everything is geared towards the king is fantastic and we love him and even though some of it's played a bit for a laugh there's that one character who um, really overdoes it and he just can't contain himself mm. that, the, that the king is coming and then he actually speaks up at dinner and then he loses his voice and all the rest you know some of it's played for a laugh but still you're basically with him like you are supposed to be thinking like ev- that the monarchy is coming there's a line um, there's a line where it's just as the, they're arriving at the house and everyone's lined up to be greeted or to greet them and um, it's like the head maid and the 
old fella with the posh voice mm. the, the, who comes back the, the retired head butler, yeah. head butler who comes back um, uh, that's right it's been raining the day before and now it's sunny and the woman says something like God is a monarchist yeah, and he right. says something like you know what didn't we always know it or something like that and he's just going like that I think we all have to believe that to like this film. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, those are not the things that bother me most because, you know, you can imagine this is a film that's set in 1927. You know, most people don't even have radio, much less television or, you know, and kind of, you know, you, that is the most famous person in the world, mm. you know, appearing. So I think... You know, the fact that people would be excited and, you know... and all, Oh, no, it's, I, it's I, definitely sort of realistic. I but completely it's also, get that. It's also that sort of we, I think, are expected to be... Like, there's one character who basically is a, is a, is a um, cynical, mm. you know, and, and sort of left-leaning and what passes left-leaning. And, and although she gets to express herself, she's told at all points to shut up. As is everyone else. I mean, everyone basically is told to shut up and know their place in this, no matter what anyone yes. says. Even when they're saying something nice, they just say, oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly all the downstairs people. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it's it's certainly, I think, yeah, sort of realistic that everyone is so excited that the king and queen would be coming. But For me, this is like a dumb, kind of ugly movie that tells lies. And so people's complacency about it, like... You know, kind of people just willing to kind of roll over and say, "Oh, you know, I like the tiara, or whatever." It makes me ill. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I felt the same way. I and, felt like I was kind of prepped for it. And the, the I'm thing, surprised, in a way, I suppose, that you were so revolting. I'm surprised that you didn't see it coming. Well, the thing is, I love films, you know, about aristocrats and and so on. It it really was in this case that you know the tone. There's something about the tone that made me ill, mm. you know. Um, yeah, the the whole thing seemed very patronizing, you know, the way that... Uh, and, and it was actually in this very bad acting, very bad dialogue mode, mm. you know, like saying, oh, you know, all right, Maud, let's see what the servants are doing or something, right? And it was like a particular tone of voice. And then, of course, you know, this whole idea that the servants would be poisoning the king's staff so that they could serve. Mm. I mean, it's just stupid. Can you imagine? <laughs> right? Like kind of, you know, the, so on the one hand you have, oh, the king is coming and the king is quasi-godlike or famous. And on the other hand, you're going to poison their servants so that you could serve. I mean... Oh well, yeah, it's bollocks. Well, there, there were but it's, beyond, it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are other plot points that uh, kind of raise my goal just in the sense of not making any sense. Which was one of them was with the um, the well, this is a, I suppose a spoiler, but you know this film cannot be spoiled. It is just bad. Um, it's the fella who you think might be a sort of spy. Yes. Um, for the for the king and queen. Yes. Who shows up? He calls himself Major something, and he's the guy who played the teacher in um, uh, History Boys. And he's questioning this Irish Republican or former Irish Republican fella, and you think that he's basically doing it because. He's trying to figure out if he's going to try and attack the king. Mm. Um, as it turns out, this guy is himself an Irish Republican. He's English, but he's mm. Republican. And he wants the guy involved on a plot. to. He wants to use him to get close to the king. Yeah. Right? So you know, that's kind of interesting, except for the fact that this guy's plan consists of just running across this parade through the Yorkshire town where they are um, and, and seeing the king... And aiming a gun at him, and tr and he was going to shoot him, but then the guy tackles him. 
right? And so his plan does not need to involve this guy. He doesn't need this Irish guy to get close to the king. He just finds him in the open. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I think about the boiler. You know, the boiler's broken. We get the plumber in to fix it. The guy gets jealous, so he breaks the boiler again in a jealous rage. Again. Fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's TV soap stuff, but that's fine. But then the boiler doesn't show up for the rest of the film. It's not that the boiler then continues to cause problems. The boiler just goes away. The... <laughs> I, what, I, what I hated was um, when the eldest daughter from upstairs says, Oh, you know, we've got, we've got to fix the roof. Like, where are we going to get the money? Yeah, like, it's so difficult to maintain this house. And you really think, fuck off, right? Like, you know, it's also, it's 1927, right? It's not like post-war where taxes were, right? So, you know, you're, you're, you're made to feel worried about, you know, how this person who owns a 250-room house is going to fix a roof. And then, like, there are people downstairs who don't even have a roof. You know, like, mm. it's it just... Yeah, well, their roof is the feet of the people upstairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? So, so it's not just that I, I so intensely dislike the film. is that I almost feel that kind of people being complacent about it kind of reproduces that whole system. I mean, mm. I do think, you know, what this film represents is everything that's wrong with the country. I think that's what ITV represents. I can't speak for ITV. I don't watch it enough. And I, I try not to, but I ended up paying fucking for two hours of it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, nominally paying to be fair. I mean, that cinema the limited card is basically a free ticket, but still. Um, um, there were I... one or two things that I liked, guardedly. Okay. Uh, I was kind of interested in the Irish Republican character, um, the, as in the the, uh, the Irish fella, not the guy who tries to actually kill the king. Uh-huh. Um from what I could gather of his character, he sort of he came from kind of nothing and then married into the family. He was but, staff who married the family, I think. Yeah, that's the kind of impression I got. So, so he kind of lives in this in between place between the he straddles the kind of upstairs and that's downstairs, right. and then and, and that makes sense that he marries the other person who's also straddling. Yeah, or at least has an attraction. Courts. They yeah. they they're attracted to each other. That they will sense. write letters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's going to be like a very eighty-four Charing Cross Road sort of you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins thing. But um, but you know, I like. I just thought that was kind of interesting because the, part part of what I understand about the show is this kind of separation between upstairs and downstairs, and the idea of someone straddling those worlds kind of interests me. It's very light, but that's something that I just found interesting. Um, the um, the gay subplot. Um, I'm sure you have thoughts on. Yes. The one thing that occurred to me is that the depiction of the uh, sort of uh, hideout secret club, whatever yes. you might call it, um, although it is very light on, um, you know, you see, you see one kiss basically in that club, and it's just dancing apart from that. Yeah. So it's very, it's very ITV sort of sanitised yes. sort of thing. But it did strike me that it was pleasant. It was good that everyone is happy there and there's, there's no there was no sense of seediness to it which I kind of liked well I thought, thought it might have been predictable mm, I don't I don't know I hated that as well um, and I hated it you know because well they get raided and then of course everybody's sent to jail you know but this guy is and this is at a time where they would have been sent to jail right mm. like you know uh, and their future uh job 
but they would have been fired and no job process. Yeah, like yeah. it would have been a part of their permanent record. And of course, he gets off scot free because of his connections, right? Mm. So, and but actually, that's not the way it's made to seem. It's made to seem, oh, you know, this guy is interested in him sexually, so gets him out, right? Mm. You know. But then you think, what about the all the poor fucking other people? Yeah, that occurred to me. You know. I mean, it's just kind of outrageous. So basically, it's another way of shoring up the privilege, right? If you're rich and if you have connections and, and so on, you're fine. But that's the world it's presenting. Mm. Actually, the moment after is almost a celebratory one, right? The two guys are cruising. When will I see you again? Will I see you in London or something, right? Mm. You know, so it, it turns it into a happy moment, <laughs> right? Whereas actually, mm. I think it should be like a kind of a sad moment of a, for everyone else. Their lives are ruined now. Should be a kind of there for the grace of God, go on. Go I or something. Everyone else who could. A, a little fuck to the little people, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It also occurred to me that, it, it, that you know one of the things that's very sanitised about it is when the police uh, show up and arrest everybody, the uh, the officer in charge go, says, "You dirty perverts." Yeah. It's like there's no way that language would have been used. He would have said something a lot harsher. Yeah, for sure. Dirty perverts. But you Slap know, the, on the wrist. I know, I know. But that's those just, are minor things in the film. I mean, you know, kind of. I, the I, other thing was, though, remember when we saw... Oh, God, I can't remember what it was, but there was a film with... It, it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. And because that had a slightly older audience when we saw it. Mm. And we picked up on... Or you picked up on... Um, uh, when there was a gay kiss in it, like a fella sort of a few seats down for you went, ooh, you know, yes. sort of re- reacted to it. And I kind of... That's why I was looking out for yeah. that sort of thing in this, because I thought, how's... You know, is the audience like... They're with the character, so they like him... But then will they be with the gayness? Yes. You know, to be fair, they were. They seem to be fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I like the character. <laughs> no, that that kind of um, that wasn't an issue. Um, yeah, I kind of I just I I groaned throughout. I was like in pain watching it actually, um, and and I think it's very <laughs> interesting because you know so. I blame Julian Fellows, the writer, and right, you know, rightly so. I mean, it's very badly directed, you know, but it's kind of the writers who rule in the television show, right? Mm. And he's the one, Julian Fellows, who's been associated with it. And he actually made his career writing a very similar thing with Robert Altman. Right? What was it called? Gosford Park. Gosford Park. And yet you look at Gosford Park and, you know, uh, the world depicted upstairs and downstairs, completely different. Right, upstairs they have like fascist leanings, some of them. You know, the old guys sexually abused the maids downstairs and kind of and broke up the family. Like you get a sense of a world, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you know, then there are good people and there are bad people upstairs and downstairs, right? But this rosy tinted, you know, love letter to the aristocracy is really sickening. And, 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 and you know, incredibly different than what Altman did in Gosford Park. Yeah, um, I was sort of trying to think more about the, the monarchy thing because um, it's also the sort of overall structure for the film and it's why everyone becomes so bloody deferential in such a revolting bend-the-knee way. But then that is, you know, they were the absolute sort of... They were they, It wasn't just that. I remember being a student at UEA and the Prince of Wales came to visit, mm. you know, and all these people who were like socialist workers and blah, 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 and, you know kind of labor this and labor that. 
As soon as the Prince of Wales, you know, yeah. airport landed, they all went. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, 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 you think there would have been demos or something. No, they all went to worship. So, you know, there, there is... I, yeah. The film tries <laughs> to use the, this visit as a, as a way of um, sort of turning the upstairs people into downstairs people to an extent in the film. And, and it's short-lived. And That's a good point, yes, indeed. But they, they try to sort of say, like, they're being downtrodden as well. They'll be, so there's this thing about... Um, well, there's, there's a thing about how the downstairs people are all going to be put out of a job by, by these people coming because the, the king is bringing all his own staff. Yeah, they're not being put out of a job. They're just not allowed to serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not fine. It's very but, different. But it's basically, like, it's basically like go home for, for the weekend because we are in charge. Mm. Um, you have nowhere to be. Um, You're not good enough to serve the king. Um, but but they, but then it's also the sense of, you know, they're coming in, they're taking over the house. The, the upstairs people, the what Lord Grantham or whoever it is and all that lot, are no longer in charge of their own house for the next couple of mm. days, you know. And so they become subservient, which they are basically not used to being. Um, so the film... The film attempts to draw, to, to draw this parallel and then to say, well, we're all in it together for Downton, you know. And there's a lot of talk about Downton Abbey as though it's a character. Yeah. You know, like I think the film almost tries to do like a Notre Dame thing in the Victor Hugo sense of saying, you know, they talk about the, the, the house has been here for 300 years. It'll be here for 300 years hence. And all the people who lived here were different and things will be different in the future. But the, the Downton will be a part of all their lives. And you, you, you're like, fine. OK, um, maybe <laughs> some, some did, some didn't. But you know what? I it's hated? Also quite depressing, you know, to sort of say, well, these class structures are going to be here for 300 Forever. years. <laughs> But it also whitewashes everything, which I hate. So, so for example, you know, one of the famous things about Queen Mary is, um, well, the myth is that she used to steal stuff. She used to go visit right, these yeah. houses and she used to steal what she liked. I think the reality, or at least what I've read from the biographies, is that she would manipulate people into giving them to her. Mm. Yeah. But the film turns it into, it's the maid that did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is really outrageous. Right, so either you you know you deal with it with some kind of complexity, to it, but again you're blaming the servants, right? It's yeah. kind of you know if, if there's going to be a thief, it has to be a poor person. It's just outrageous. I on didn't every even level. know that was an existing thing about. Oh yes, Mary. I, I didn't know that. So I thought that was an invention for the film. No, no, she was a she was a she was a, a you know, she collected antiques and mm. do that. She loved like all of those things, and and when she saw something pretty and that she liked in a you know, in a stately home, she would basically say, oh, isn't that a pretty... I wish I had that pretty little thing, <laughs> right? And they would, you know, people would end up giving it to her. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think she stole anything. But anyway, the myth is that she would, you know, what lift, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, just pocket everything that she liked and, and get, go off with it. And so what this film is doing is, is, is reiterating that myth, but now blaming her servant. Yeah. And then the servant gets told off by the other servant from downtown. That's right. It's, it, that was all. That was all just annoying and difficult to watch. It's going, oh, uh, well, of course, my reaction to yeah, the whole it's, thing. It is, <laughs> it's just very uh, sickening. Some of it, uh, you know, and it, and it is just this. You know, I know that it's pretty realistic, but then the real reality is is sickening, which is, which is this deferential old, you know, rubbish. Oh, they're coming! Oh, they're so important. And the one person who doesn't think they're very important is basically lip service to that idea and just gets told to shut up. Yeah, you know. Um, 
you know, and and you kind of and do you believe in her sort of revolution? No, no. Um, <laughs> I just I just hated it. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's made a lot of money. People love it's it. made a lot of money. And that means it's good in the eyes of the conservative government. Um, well, I mean, it really makes you wonder about people because you think, okay, I mean, ugh. It's, one, it's bad enough to say you liked it as far as I'm concerned, okay? But, you know, people are weird, you can like it. But to say it's good, <laughs> like, you know, how blind, deaf, dumb, and stupid do you have to be, you know? Yeah, which it's, that's judging it on the terms of I've seen the TV show and I like it and I, want to, I, I just want more. Yeah. You know, that's, that's on that basis. Um, I think you... And, and even if you would kind of find it objectionable in some other context, I think that that, that blinds you to a lot when, when you like something already. You want it, you want the next thing to be good too. You like you just want to like it. You like everything about it. No, it's true. You go in with the idea of liking, but I, you know, I kind of, I, I remember, I, I remember liking the first season of Downton Abbey. I'm not averse to this type of material at all. In the least, I normally like it. So it's not about that type of thing in general. It's about this specific, yeah, yeah. thing. You know how it's treated here. Yeah, uh, which which I think despicable. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. And, you know, I just resent being made to watch ITV at any time. So, <laughs> you know, I really do. Huh. i tell you what I did, just quickly. Because, I, 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 like I said, I was going to watch that the, the, the show and then it was, there was so much more of it than I realised. I said, well, no way. Then I thought I'd read a plot synopsis. So I tried to do that and that was boring. Just like a, a synopsis of the, you know, recap of all the mm. series. And it's like, it's Lord Grantham this and Lady this, that, and he goes here and she goes there and blah, blah, blah. Oh, God, it's just a load of fucking bullshit. And then I just tried reading a plot synopsis of the film before I went to see it. And that was boring. Um, and it's still all this old chat and... Ugh, just, no, just I, I, uh, I love Maggie Smith, you know, when she first appeared. I mean, you know, her lines were so witty and her delivery was so fantastic. You know, that... Uh, I mean, the this, this series at least... Because I did stop watching it, became unbearable as well, you know. But initially, I did kind of um, find it entertaining for all of those reasons. Um, well, she's uh, there's a term. I'm just trying to look for it. I think it's Flandersization or Flandersation. Um, it's a uh, it's a TV tropes thing. Um, yeah, Flanderization. It's related to the character Flanders in um, uh, The Simpsons, mm. where like a single minor characteristic of someone will over time be blown up and blown up and it becomes their thing and they it's become a thing, top yeah. caricature. And that strikes me as what Maggie Smith's character is in this. Yeah. Just everything she has to say is catty and scheming. Yeah. And, yeah. and like she may have been like that, maybe it's very similar to what she was like at the start, but it just seems, she's just this one, one notes character. Really. Yeah. So like, I get why people like her, you know, in the same way that people like Flanders and yeah. I like Flanders, but they just she just does this one thing and you going and for a newbie you're going this is the thing you you're all here for like she's yeah. the star yeah you know yeah I get why she she's in control of every scene that she's in like, she's she, wonderful she's a wonderful performer Maggie yeah. Smith and and her character clearly has that sort of status but it's just not very good no not very complex um and the lines aren't as good as they were before it isn't as acid and it's not as surprising as it used to be. Um, so and there's not nearly enough drama in the whole story about the girl who turns out to be the daughter who's going to be the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that that should be 
hugely dramatic, and it's just resolved almost off screen. Yeah. Like by the time you join them in that last conversation around that little little yeah. co- coffee table, it's basically already been explained to Maggie Smith, and she's fine with it. And then you find out, oh, she's got her plans for the guy to marry her, blah, blah. But, like, it, it's... Grant and blood will be in that state. It's not dramatic. It's not, like, it's not like a climax, you know. It's not like... It's not cinematic. It's, it's here's the latest development, next episode next week. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, that's, yeah. that's... We've given this enough time. Yeah, okay. So, so don't see it. Well, Fuck him. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, see it if you have to, because if you're a Downton person, you'll see it, and who cares what we think? I mean, that's how it goes. Well. Unfortunately. But for more enlightened people, avoid it like the, the plague. The bee. <laughs> you know, have you read any reviews of it? No, I haven't. No, nor have I. I just wonder if anyone has... I mean, I've um, seen lots of friends talking about it on Facebook, and they make me ill as well. <laughs> I mean, how could you be a friend of mine and like, such shit? <laughs> to, uh, do you want to name any of them? No, no, no okay. names. <laughs> no. I just wonder whether people in other reviews have actually d- wanted to talk about or thought of talking about ideological sort of background. I, d- I think, well, I, I doubt it because I think when you're talking about it as a TV show that you know and love and the characters that you know and love and, and all you'll be talking about is the plot, how hmm. do things develop this week. Was it was a... Um, anyway. Tripe. Avoid, but you know, if you watch, if you're the kind of person to watch ITV, you're not going to listen to me anyway. Well, you and I live in two different worlds. If that is the case, yeah, but those people don't listen to this fantastic program. They don't deserve it. No. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I could just imagine my coming back, going, okay, bye, and then. <laughs> so let's end it here. But I, yeah, what, what what really makes me happy is that you you were like, oh, we must see this. You're gonna hate it, and you hated it so much more. I was just. I am your performing monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I just knew what it was gonna be and just went and just went. Yep. Yeah. Now we've got to see Rambo. I think yeah. Well, and we've been asked to see Rambo, and I think that'll be fine and a lot better than this. Oh, I hope so. I'm sure I'll enjoy it more. I think I will too, actually. I couldn't enjoy it less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. All right. Thank you very much for listening. We're eavesdropping at the movies and we are on... iTunes, SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And mm. the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Okay, great. <laughs>